Turn in your Bibles to the uh, Epistle of Jude. The Epistle of Jude. And don't ask me what chapter. Because there's only one, right? Be, be very, uh, pay very close attention. Because I might ask you one day to turn to the book of Hezekiah. And I'm going to watch and see how many start turning there. Or I could say... Right, there is no Hezekiah, right? There is no book of Hezekiah. Uh, if I say turn to Jude chapter 3, and watch, see if anybody's trying to find it, you should know there is no Jude chapter 3. I, I might get mean like that. Never know. So, um, you know, this would be a good book to start off and say, you know, I'm going to read through the whole Bible. You can read through that really quick and mark it off your list. Yeah, I got somewhere. I read a whole book of the Bible. Now, I'm, I wasn't planning on reading all of it. There's just so much there, right? So I'm going to read just a few verses, and then we're going to go to 2 Peter, which is not far from here. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James... To them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Now, sanctified means to be set apart for a purpose. Now, we use that word sanctified as, you know, just religious speak. When we say something about somebody being sanctified, we usually mean that process of becoming more mature over time as we learn more, we walk in our faith longer, and we, we get better and better at it. We, as religious people, we might say call that, that, that process being sanctified. But really, being sanctified is being set apart. It's simply all it means. And you should be able, the day that you're saved, you should be able to say, I am set apart. I am sanctified. I have been set aside for a purpose, and you should have victory from day one. But yes, you will mature. There will be things that you may not know at the time that are things you shouldn't be doing. And as you learn more of the Bible, you may be convicted, oh yeah, that's, that's, I shouldn't be doing that either, and you are more mature in your walk. <clears throat> now listen to what he says next. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, that was his purpose. What he wanted to do, Jude wanted to write a really nice, awesome little story about the common salvation. That's all he wanted to write about. He says it right there. That's what he wanted to do. He gave all diligence to do that. But that's not what we got. He says, It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. He's telling us to not just contend for the faith, but to earnestly contend for the faith. Now, 
What this is saying is, not every message that comes from the pulpit is going to be a nice, lovely, feel-good story and sermon. Sometimes they're going to be tough sermons. They're going to be uh, sermons that you would rather not hear. But they're needful. Because we are told that we have to earnestly contend for the faith. Because, like we were talking about during announcements, I mean, some of y'all thought we were getting to, into the sermon back then, in announcements today. Because we have seen so many things in our country really get bad. And the reason is, the reason that things have gotten so bad in our government, in our schools, even in our churches. Churches. We just uh, was contacted recent, just the other day, two small churches that are in the denomination that we're leading, and they want to leave as well, and they heard about us and want our help. Churches have been attacked by Satan, and churches all across America are weak, they're not teaching the Word of God, and people are growing up in church and they're falling away because they're not being taught the real Word of God. Now, why, why did that happen? How did that happen? Next verse. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old or... All right. Who were before of old ordained to this condemnation ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though ye once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. All the people who say, well, I, I believe in God, or, yeah, I used to go to church. I, I went, yeah, I, I got saved like when I was nine. Been living like the devil ever since. But yeah, I got saved back there. I, I said that sinner's prayer up front. You know, every person, see, he, he's made this reference to Egypt. Every single person has been delivered from the bondage of the world by what Jesus did on the cross. Everybody has the opportunity to leave that, but are you going to die in the desert, or are you ever going to get to the promised land? The way has been made. What have you done with the way? Most, all of them died. I mean, Joshua and Caleb, the, the, all the people in their generation died in the wilderness because they believed not. There was Korah who, who uh, did that rebellion against Moses and Aaron, and the earth opened up, and they went down. They, they, they didn't even have to die first to go to hell. It opened up, and there they went. Just because Jesus did what He did on the cross doesn't mean that you're automatically saved. 
He just made a way for you to be saved. <clears throat> it's sad when somebody sits in a church the whole life and never really truly get that. <clears throat> and the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. There are, now, just last, was it last week? I was talking about how Satan could move from here to there. How he uses certain world leaders in days gone by and probably even today. There are demons that are moving around. But there's some angels that got locked up because they did something really bad, and those angels aren't able to move around like the other fallen angels. These demons here were locked up, waiting till the, till the day of the Lord. Wonder what they did that was so bad. I could tell you, but I'm not going to right now. You have to come back. Then, in seven, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. So, it's not fun to talk about Sodom and Gomorrah and what led to their destruction. But look at what this country is doing. Our country right now, and even churches in this country have got rainbow flags flying outside their buildings. What was the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah? It says right here that they gave themselves up to fornication and going after strange flesh. Now the verse right before that, the angels left their own habitation to do something similar to that. Got your interest up? Still not going to go into that story. Another day we will. <clears throat> Let's go to 2 Peter. 2 Peter, starting at the beginning. You know, there's uh, quite a few seconds in the Bible. You have 2 Corinthians. You have 2 John. What else? We got Second uh, Thessalonians, Second Timothy. A lot of seconds in the Bible, and they all have something in common: correction. And they get left out a lot because we don't like to hear about those things, but we need the correction. See, Peter, when he wrote the first Peter letter, it was just all fun just awesome, it was just great. But then you get the second Peter, it's a totally different story. Simon Peter, notice that he used Simon Peter. Simon was his earthly name. I think when he had denied Christ, three, remember he denied him three times, and then when Jesus was reconciling with him, I think he used Simon. That just popped into my head. You can check that out and see if that's true, but you have Simon Peter, his earthly name, and then the name that the Lord Jesus wanted to call him, a stone. I think it's really interesting that Peter would refer to himself as that, 
Simon Peter, shows some hu humility. A servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them, notice he said he's a servant. You know, that's something we choose to do. When we are living our Christian life, we choose to be a servant. But we can't be an apostle unless God anoints us to be so. We can't be a prophet unless God anoints us to be so. But we can all be servants. Every one of us should be a servant, and we should choose to do so. To them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Notice precious. That's the second time I think I've used that word, precious. There was precious faith. We've got precious promises. That by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. Now, faith is something that was given to us. We were talking to the kids this past week. We had, we had the, the board up here and had all the different pieces of the uh, uh, armor of God. And the shield of faith was one of them, but everything that was, that's part of the armor, all pieces of it are given to us to put on. That's all you got to do. It's like, you know, the kids were excited about coming in here. It's like, what do I get to put on tonight? Because they had, uh, the one night they had some high heel shoes, and the girls were standing in the high heel shoes. Now go, go to battle. Go attack somebody in those high heel shoes, and they were just falling all over the place. So they were wanting to know, what, what can we put on tonight? They were, every night they wanted something. And all you have to do is put it on. So... This is some things, that the rest of this list are things that we need to do, add, to add to. Alright, so it says, And beside this, this is verse 5, Giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. And to virtue, knowledge. See, these are things you have to actually do yourself. Uh, and, and probably should count these. So add to, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and unto godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity, which is, which is that special kind of agape love that we get by knowing God. So we can love the unlovable? Seven of them. Seven. So, you know, seven's a common theme throughout the Bible, isn't it? For if these things be in you and abound, they make you 
that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I saw something when I was going through this, uh, my Believer's Bible commentary. I'm going to, a guy, I don't even know who this guy is, <clears throat> but it's somebody that he thinks I should know. Maybe you know him, Tom Olson. But he said, Tom Olson's father used to read the passage to his sons as follows. So when he read that list of those things, he would add something to it. He said, add to your faith the virtue or courage of David. So David was a man of courage and virtue. And to courage, uh, and to the courage of David, the knowledge of Solomon. He had more wisdom than anybody, right? And to the knowledge of Solomon, the patience of Job. Very good. And to the patience of Job, the godliness of Daniel. That's a good one. Excellent. You read through the whole book of Daniel, you don't see anything where he does anything wrong. I know he was a sinner, because we all are. But nothing is ever said about anything he did wrong. So the godliness of Daniel... And to the godliness of Daniel, the brotherly kindness of... Can you think of somebody? Huh? Jonathan? Did you say Jonathan? Awesome. He was, he was a dear, dear friend to David. So Jonathan is what he's got here. Good job. And to the brotherly kindness of Jonathan, the love of... Huh? I can't hear you. Oh. Okay, well, John is a, a, a person in the Bible. So the, the disciple Jesus loved. I'm just seeing if y'all, you know, would, I knew you would get patience. I knew you would get that one. <clears throat> so that was good. So he just added figures, people in the Bible that he could put with each one of these things. So I thought that was pretty cool. <clears throat> There's a lot of promises in First and Second Peter. Promises. That God has made to us. And if you read uh, 1 Peter and 2 Peter and you count the promises, there's seven of them. If you count the precious things, I think there's going to be seven of them. All right, verse 8. For if these things be in you, I already read that. All right, we're at verse 9. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. <clears throat> Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence. Notice it says give diligence. That means you've got to put forth some effort to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fail. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly, into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them, and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet, or suited, as long as I am in this tabernacle. He's talking about being in his body. <clears throat> he refers to his body as a tabernacle that the Holy Spirit lives inside of. So as long as I am in this tabernacle, 
to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as the Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. He said, look, God, Jesus showed me that I'm going to die for him. I'm going to be a martyr, and I think it's coming up pretty quick, and I am just trying to get as much information to you as I can. I love you, and I'm trying to teach you. You've got to watch out for all the stuff that's going on. 15, over I will endeavor that ye may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory, when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. So, that, uh, the transfiguration, and Peter was one of the ones there and saw it. He was an eyewitness to what and who Jesus was. He saw all of this, and he's writing it down for us. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do dwell that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Remember last week, or the week before? I can't keep track of it, but the sun of righteousness... In Malachi 4.2, the, the capital S, U, and then N, capital S, and then the U-N, sun, we, we think of the sun in the sky, but it says the sun of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. So we're looking forward to that, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. Now... <clears throat> We have got so many churches, denominations, that are picking and choosing how Scripture should be interpreted. They are saying, well, they're actually allowing for liberal progressive churches and more conservative churches saying, well, it's just how you interpret the Scripture. Oh, really? So I can interpret it any way I want. Hmm. That sounds very dangerous. 21, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Now, warning, this next part, um, and I, I'm not going to be able to finish up what I want to do today, but it'll be continued. To be continued. So we got a little bit more time. So we're going to go. We're going to start getting into uh, chapter two, and then whenever we stop, we'll pick up next week. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies even denying the Lord that bought them 
and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Now over in Jude, uh, he, Jude said that there are certain men who have crept in unaware. Now, you know, I, this, I, I had this in my notes for last week, which y'all are thinking, really? Uh, and you thought you were going to get through all that? No, I, never, I know I'm not going to get through it all. But I had all this prepped for last week. So I started listening to some of the Adrian Rogers preaching for this past week. And that's what he's talking about. Now, I can't say he stole it from me, because he did those a long time ago. And I'm thinking, that is so cool. So I'm, I'm, I'm preparing to, to preach on this stuff, and then Adrian Rogers is talking about it. So for most of the week, that's what he's been talking about. And, you know, he died several years ago, but his ministry lives on. And he was talking about that uh, crept in unawares. He, he was talking about when he was a kid, when uh, he, he said he loved going to the movies on Saturdays, and that's when the Tarzan movies had first come out. Now, when I was a kid, I watched the reruns of the Tarzan movies on TV, and I absolutely loved them. So I was really connecting with Adrian Rogers when he's talking about these Tarzan movies. And, you know, that's back in the day where all the boys were falling out of the trees and falling off of ropes and going to the doctor and getting patched up. Uh, but Tarzan was our hero. We loved Tarzan. And he, was, he said that he would be, uh, Tarzan would be in that river, swimming across that river, and then you, the, 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 it would go over to the side and this crocodile would be over on the bank. He'd blink his eyes a couple times and then he would slip down into the water and not even make a ripple and that crocodile would be swimming toward Tarzan. Now, Tarzan would either outswim the crocodile or he'd fight it and win, right? He was awesome. But he said, in the church, these crocodiles have slipped in and haven't even made a ripple, and they're there, and they're dangerous. <clears throat> so they've crept in unawares. And we need to understand that that is what has happened in our schools across America, in our government across America, in our churches across America. Evil men have crept in unaware, and they brought in damnable heresies. There's, you can look and find so-called preachers who will say that the blood of Christ is just too gory and that to be saved by the blood, I don't preach that. You know, they, they will say that. They, they are denying the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. You can find this stuff. Preachers that might have a big church. There's all kinds of examples of people that don't want any of that. They want just the clean, feel-good stuff, and they're being led astray. So many people have been led astray. Uh, verse, did I only read verse 1 of chapter 2? All right, verse 2, And many shall follow their pernicious ways. I just said that. By reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. So the truth will be evil spoken of. And through covetousness, 
Shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not? For if God spared not the angels... Now, here's some, another reference. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness, to be reserved unto judgment... Interesting, isn't it? Still not going to explain it yet. All right, five... And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness. Did you know Noah was a preacher? He was a preacher of righteousness. How many converts did he get? Not many. Not many. Bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Now this is going to sound familiar and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, we're not in Jude anymore. We're over here in 2 uh, Peter. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an ensample unto those that after should live ungodly, and delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. Now, Lot was considered a righteous person. He was, yeah, he, he was one of those that were just barely, barely going to make it to happen. He, he was vexed by the filthy way of living. It says filthy conversation, but I've explained to you before. In the King James Bible, when you see the word conversation, it's not speaking. It's the way you live your life. Your actions speak louder than your words anyway. So it makes sense. Lot had fallen into just being accepting of the way things were. Right? He lived in the city of Sodom. That was probably an awesome, awesome place in its day. But because the people, the government of Sodom and Gomorrah, they allowed things to get worse and worse and worse. And y'all all, I'm sure all of y'all know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah and what was happening. <clears throat> the very angels themselves were going to be raped by all the men of the city, young and old. Lot even offered his virgin daughters to them. They didn't want it, they weren't interested in that. They wanted the two men that happened to be angels. The angels struck them with blindness. They were so eat up with their lust that they didn't care that they were blind. They still wanted to get a hold of the men. And the angel said, Lot, hmm, we got to get out of here quick. And he gathered up who he could gather up. Now, he had other daughters that were married to men in the city that they didn't want to leave. But there was two daughters that went out with him. They were so messed up by the fornication by the filthy living, the going after strange flesh. They were so into that that when they went out of the city, the daughters were able to get their father drunk and have sex with him to, have, to, to carry on their, their line. So you got the nation of Moab, Mo, the Moabites, and was it the Amorites? 
were the two sons that came from those two daughters, children of incest. When, you, when you're that messed up that you can drink a little bit, you can get drunk, you know, I tell people, you will do things, when you come under the influence of drugs and alcohol, things that you thought were just a really, really bad idea, I, I knew guys when I was a teenager that would go get drunk, and all of a sudden, some of the dumbest things you could ever think to do was all of a sudden a good idea, and get themselves in so much trouble, and then they would get sobered up and say, I'll never do that again, no. I've been in a car, we go pick up one of our drunk buddies, and he'd be back there hanging out the window, puking his guts out, going, I'll never do this again, I'll never do this again. Following weekend, he's doing it again. Nothing good comes out of all that. Nothing good. And we need to be able to say these things, warn people, and if, if you have the love of God inside of you, if you can understand that Jesus can clean all that up, it fixes it all. That, just that one thing, getting people to accept Jesus and, and making sure don't get all cleaned up. Don't quit this and don't quit that and don't get yourself cleaned up before you come because you'll never get there. Come just the way you are. Get Jesus in you and all those other things will start to fade away. Right? We have a good message. We just got to get it out to them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for the shed blood. And Father, give us the boldness. Help us to understand that we need to add to our faith these things, this list of things. And Father, that when we do that, that we will end up fulfilling all the things that you would have us to do. And Father, I just pray that we would be a people who want to add knowledge. Father, that we would seek the Word to know more. Father, that we would seek out Your love. Father, all these things, help us with it. Father, you've done so much. You've given us so many things. You've given us promises. And Father, I pray that we would take hold of them, that we would be changed, that we'd be more effective in doing what you've called us to do, and that we will touch some lives, bring some people to you. Thank you, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.